Welcome to The Last Rung, a light-hearted podcast for the self-employed, getting to the heart of the many influences that can help you to thrive in your solo life and make the switch from an employed to a self-employed mindset. Unedited and uncensored, the inspirational chats with those who have taken the leap will provide realistic actions for you to take away, the chance to learn from others' experiences and help you see that you are not alone, even when working from the spare bedroom in your PJs and fluffy slippers and you haven't left the house for days. I'm Helen Hill, author of Falling Off the Ladder, owner of learning design business Unlikely Genius, business coach and co-founder of environmental initiative Be The Future. I'm now on a mission to help the self-employed really embrace the freedom that allows them to be fully themselves, to thrive and to leap off the last rung of the career ladder for the final time. Come and say hello at fallingofftheladder.com or over on Instagram where you can find me as Falling Off The Ladder. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review if you like this episode. But first, let's introduce you to this week's guest. In today's episode, we have business coach Kirsty Waite, who is helping overwhelmed business owners. In today's episode, we have business coach Kirsty Waite, who is helping overwhelmed business owners like me to fulfil their ambitions and find alignment in their businesses. She's already my favourite Geordie powerhouse after having worked with her for only a few weeks so far. Today we're going to talk about supporting others to achieve their dreams, being authentic, establishing your values, finding your zone of genius and having a business mindset. So glad to have you here, Kirsty. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me along, Helen. <laughs> it's no worries. Like, fingers crossed we can get through this with me actually getting words <laughs> out today because this is proving tricky already. Oh, goodness. Well, yeah, before we begin, do you want to introduce yourself and tell us a bit about what you do and who you do it for? Yeah, absolutely. So as you said, I'm a business coach. So I'm a business coach and mentor, I would say, and I help and work mainly with service-based businesses and freelancers. I help them kind of stop going around in circles, get them out the weeds of their business, help them get some clarity and create a business that they love most importantly. Yeah, I really like that. That's because you can lose a bit of fire sometimes, can't we? You know, especially when, you know, you've, you've a good couple of years in and you start to think, oh, what do I want to do next? And yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think it's, um, I think creating a business that you love is the kind of secret to standing the test of time and not losing that fire. Because it's when you create it based on you and the things that energise you, it, it helps you to keep going when things get a bit tough, doesn't it? So... It does. And I think um, like you, your clients pick up on it as well, don't they? They pick up on your energy and your enthusiasm mm. and uh, maybe, oh God, the, the overword used passion. But it's so yeah. true that they do. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's become one of them words, hasn't it? Oh, passion it hasn't, you It is. It is. And because I do use those words, but then I could yeah, do. Oh, but I genuinely like I am so passionate about my business and I'm so passionate about my clients and like what other word can I use but yeah absolutely when you're showing up from that place and that energy it's radiant like your clients can feel it and I think it makes such a difference yeah oh definitely it does and I I I know like in the past my clients have commented on that and you know that that's come across even you know when they've interviewed a a few freelancers and they've said oh you know you seem really on it and you've got the knowledge but you also give a shit so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and that's it because it cause, because it means something doesn't it and it means yeah. something to you and I think when something's innate and it really means something deep down to you like you can't hide that because it's what you're naturally interested in isn't it and I think that's that mm-hmm. that comes through 
Yeah, and finding that balance between just doing it for the money and doing it because you love doing it. I mean, that's yeah. the, the tricky middle to find, isn't it? <laughs> Getting it tempted is. back to things just because the wage is good or something. And then, yeah. It is, but that's not the route of fulfillment, is it? No, it's I not. think, and I think I know, obviously, you've come from corporate and I've come from corporate and I've definitely been in roles where I'm there because the wage was right and the benefits were right and the package was right. And it never felt good if it was just for purely the money. So I am a huge believer that if you follow your passion, profit will follow if and yeah. So that's how I've kind of come at started. That's how I started when I created my business. It's like I'm only going to do and build this business on stuff that means something. Yeah, yeah, and that, that was something I was going to ask you about because you, you've been brought up in a family business as well, haven't you? And spent mm-hmm. spent quite a bit of time working in yeah. corporate then following that. So can you tell us a bit more about how you, uh, why you left that world and, and how you did feel that sort of disconnected? Yeah, and like you said there, I came from a family of entrepreneurs. Like I came from a fa- my family had a family business forever. My brother now runs that family business, so it's still in the family. Um so I came out of that world to go straight into corporate as soon as I set, as soon as I left school. I studied on a night. I didn't go to college or university in the traditional sense. I literally left school at 16 and went straight into corporate and studied on a night. But what I always had was a completely different perspective because I had the perspective of understanding how to how a business ran from end to end. Like my mum worked in the accounts office my dad he had a factory so and he had a obviously a small team of people so I we myself and my brother were completely engulfed around this business like in the school holidays we spent time in the factory we played in the office while the everything was going on and obviously through the good times and the bad my mum and dad were really open with us about what was going on in the business and how it ran and all this kind of stuff so by the time that I left school, I could literally tell somebody how to run a business from end to end, what it took, what it took. And I just understood the processes and what was involved. And so going into the corporate world with that perspective was a completely different perspective to everyone else that was starting out in the corporate world. Um, so off I went to climb the corporate ladder, as you say, and um I spent 20 years in corporate and I did really well and but I never ever felt like I totally fit in I never I always knew it wasn't for me I always I always knew it wasn't where I wanted to end up but what it did give me was insight and visibility to how huge organizations operate like my family business was obviously very small family you know processes a very small team and yeah they did incredibly well but it wasn't anything to do with like the million billion pound corporates which I ended up in and what I what I really learned from that was the passion I had for people and the passion I had for development and what I really really loved was leading teams and I was really fortunate enough to be in that position from quite an early early on in my corporate career um, but what I always used to think is the, the decision-making, the mindset, the organization, the process of those organizations, I used to think, oh my goodness, if small businesses had access to this, it would make the world of difference. And 
I feel like those small family-run entrepreneurial businesses never ever meet with those corporate processes and mindset you know like they're just two different beasts and when I was in that corporate world constantly feeling misaligned I started to feel like oh my goodness if other people had access to this kind of knowledge I just thought like this and there was a whole piece around mindset because it's such a different mindset being in charge of a million pounds P&L to a hundred thousand pound P&L you know and I could visibly see that difference and so I kind of had the mentality of an entrepreneur small business owner but I was being exposed to these million billion pound organizations yeah and that's that's something you never taught is it it's just and and I, I mean I didn't realize you hadn't gone to uni and all of that as well and that that's You've had the experience that I keep harping on saying that people should be doing what we should be teaching kids in school is all mm-hmm. that stuff about businesses and stuff, you know, and not wanting to disregard certain subjects, but that stuff is what's important to be sending the kids out in the world with not yeah. you have to go to university and then ending up in a career that's nothing related to the degree whatsoever, which, you know, most <laughs> yeah. don't, do they? Yeah. And yeah. yeah, that's that's really interesting to hear that. But I think that mindset you're right it's just totally different and Mm. I think when when you know when I look back at my career moving from things like education then into corporate and stuff that is a mindset shift that again nobody tells you how different it's going to be um or vice versa or any mindset in education (laughs) (laughs) no I I totally (laughs) I I totally agree and I think when we think, and that's one of the, re- the to not go to, to not go down the, t- the typical route of college and uni was an intentional decision. Like that wasn't just a, on a whim. I didn't, I couldn't be bothered to do it. It was, I was so determined to get out into the world and make an impact and make a change. Like I looked at that route as just a delayed, a delaying route of, why wait another five or six years to get out there when I knew I could do it on a night? And so it was a really intentional decision to not take that route from a, I just I just wanted to get out into the real world, I think. And I saw the direct route much quicker. Yeah, and I think that's a, that is a big decision to make at that age, isn't it? It's mm. not, especially when, I mean, this is the thing I'm always, you know, happy on about this thing of society tells us you should do school, college, uni, job, yeah. marriage, babies, dad, you know, mm. to yeah. make that decision is actually incredibly brave at that age. But and especially because it, at the time we were leaving school, there wasn't these higher apprenticeships and stuff either, was there? Which no. they're fantastic opportunities now. And this thing of pushing every student's go to uni is not good. I, I really don't think no. everyone should go to university. I, to- I totally agree. I absolutely yeah. agree. Um, just like everything, I think I don't think everybody should start a business. I think it's for some people. I think everybody could, but I don't think everybody should. And equally, going to uni is not for everybody, but equally, it could be incredibly beneficial for those that are academic and thrive in that environment, for sure. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I did thrive in that environment. I mean, I've been to uni three times for crying out loud. No, I loved. <laughs> I know, I read that in your book. <laughs> Are you done with your degrees? No, let's do another one. <laughs> and now I still learn stuff all the time, you know, and yeah. like they're doing the coaching qualification. And yeah. 
but I love learning. That is the environment I need to be in. Whereas, yeah, some people are just, you know, head down work, work their way up that way. And, and do you know, that that's probably um, a distinction that I probably need to make is I genuinely love learning. Like yeah. I'm obviously, I'm, I'm qualified in obviously coaching and business coaching and mentoring and leadership. And I've got diplomas and certificates and qualifications. And I am obsessed with learning. But academic sitting in a classroom, like when I first went into the corporate world, I studied to be an accountant of all things on an evening. And I became, I qualified to kind of the first level technician. Then I went on to do the um, kind of professional qualification. And I just really struggled because it was just something that I just was not aligned with. I did not want to be in a finance office. I didn't want to be... I, I knew that wasn't my future and I really struggled and I must have failed about four exams like off the belt because I was kind of sat there revising it just didn't align it didn't feel good and interestingly I was probably the most senior person in our business that wasn't qualified yet I still got the position yeah. and that always was a huge massive imposter syndrome element for me because I wasn't fully qualified for the job that I was being paid to do. And that was, and I was surrounded by a lot of people that were way, way, way overqualified. And yet I was still at that table. I was still sat at that table without that. And I think the amount of pressure one piece of paper can put on a person's shoulders is, it didn't stop me doing the job um, incredibly well. And it didn't stop me from progressing in that job. But what I suppose it did do was always have that from a personal perspective it always gave me that question of like what am I doing here like I'm obviously not committed enough to force myself to finish this qualification equally it was like I don't want to do that because I know this isn't the future and those kind of professional qualifications take like three or three four years to do and I just could never commit to giving myself putting that on my shoulders for like to commit that amount of time when I knew it didn't energize me. It didn't fulfill me at all. So whilst I would constantly be learning and developing something that I felt interested in naturally on the side, like, honestly, I would happily go off and do courses, like certificates, diplomas, anything but my job. And like, that was like a huge red flag <laughs> of like, what am I doing? Yeah. No, but that's, that's true because there are different learning things. And I've been looking at it because I was in a creative subject my degree was very different to sitting in a lecture theater day in day out and stuff yeah. like that we didn't do that we, we had like one lecture a week so yeah, yeah I'm a very practical learner I need to see and I need to do yeah. and you know that whole kinesthetic thing yeah I cannot concentrate in a lecture theater it's like you know when we're sat at home and we watch a film Graham's like 10 minutes in going my god you're still actually watching it because normally I'll have to crochet at the same time or <laughs> that is or, me. you know and then it the endless what's going on what's going on it drives in yeah. poverty but I can't just sit and <laughs> that, listen <laughs> that is me yeah. I get it I relate to yeah that. so you do have to find your way of learning and that's something that I, you know I'm mm. just talking about in the learning design but as well when you're saying about the imposter syndrome and you're sitting at the table without a qualification it's that interesting thing that went around a while back of if a woman looks at a job description and they don't hit all the criteria, they don't apply. If a mm. man looks at it and he's got one of the criteria, he goes for it. <laughs> he's in. He's I in. <laughs> like, yeah, that's so true. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. 
But you know, it, it genuinely didn't hold me back from anything. Like no. I, the whole imposter syndrome. I don't. I've got mixed opinions and views on it, as like, everybody does. And I think it's, I think it's one of these things as well that's kind of become a little bit overused and not and without people really understanding and learning. And but I, I have suffered from it when I talk about situations like that and but it never ever stopped me doing something like I I never found myself stuck I was always confident enough in my own ability to think I don't need that I suppose the judgment that imposter came in from judgment of others of them thinking that I wasn't good enough them thinking that I wasn't I shouldn't have been around that table doing that job that yeah sense. that thing of oh I'm going to be found out one day soon yeah right, as if you've yeah. lied or something to get there. yeah yeah Do you yeah know I mean year. every on. year when the when the auditors used to come and go right because obviously when you're in a certain position you have to give mm. the external auditors your qualifications to prove that you should be in that position like that conversation was dead awkward every year yeah <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> but anyway can I just draw it... you off <laughs> Yeah, I have lots of experience. <laughs> yeah. Well, it shouldn't come down to a piece of paper, should it? This is what's always really angered me with careers, that you can be the best person for a job, but if you don't have one little tick box somewhere that's, yeah, you've got a certain grade in a certain subject or something, you don't mm. get it. And it's just yeah. more has to come down to actual, you know, your motivation, your ability, actual practical ability rather than a blooming tick box. I, I mean, I, because when you were saying about like the learning stuff, I had a right dip at my A levels because, like you say, it was just learning by rote. And my psychology mm-hmm. exam, I can't learn hours and hours worth of facts and then just go in and regurgitate mm-hmm. them. That is not the way I learn. So I probably shouldn't have done psychology, but I like the subject. Yeah. But now I'm getting yeah. to use it through the coaching and all these things that it's like, yeah. this is a different way of learning. But it's the real world application, isn't mm. it? Rather than sitting and reading a book. And and I understand that certain certain careers, such obviously you want your doctor to be fully qualified and all that. Mm. And I totally get, I totally get that there's, you know, certain careers where you do need that. But yeah. equally, like when you say about that tick box, I think I saw a job advert and I think it was um, I think it might have been for like social chain or some some of one of the kind of big media agencies. And they literally said, like, we don't care about your qualifications. Tell us about, like, how kind you are. What are your values? Like, oh. what's your passions? Like, t- we want, we can adapt your skill set and knowledge, but we can't adapt the person. And I just thought, the, wow. we need more. We need more organizations like that who, yeah. who are looking for the right people to develop and invest in versus somebody that has that tick box yeah and the that fits just with the people that they already have so that you end up with just clones in like management because yeah. that's the thing as yeah. well isn't it that they there's certain types that get that progression and others don't and I mean that I, yeah. I love that that gave me goosebumps a bit actually that a company is actually yeah. doing that yeah that's incredible yeah it's I want to speak to them <laughs> yeah yeah so i totally lost track and i don't think i even started with the questions i was going to ask you but <laughs> my goodness oh, it's all right um but yeah you you talk about how you help business owners connect to their 
authentic values and that obviously is coming into yeah. what we were just talking about there so why is this important for us and how do you go about helping people do that it's important because your values what your core values are intrinsic to you like they're so unique to you the that's what you you need that to feel fulfilled you need to have those met in some way to feel fulfilled and when we're in a position where we are unfulfilled or like I was in corporate incredibly misaligned to what I was doing when I look back and reflect on that time I can now identify how misaligned and how how my values weren't being met or I wasn't acknowledging them or I wasn't living by them to fulfill somebody else's expectation or to fill somebody else's path to success and when because I'm so passionate about people creating businesses that they love and that is sustainable and profitable that it has to come from us like it genuinely has to come from us and whilst we we the founders of our businesses we're not we might want to grow a business to sell and it might all it might not necessarily always remain with us it comes from us it stems from us we build in this it has to be our house that we build in and when we talk about when I talk about values this is what I'm saying is your unique superpower your values no one else has the makeup of you like nobody else has your natural abilities it's like your passions and your talents all come to one with what your core needs are and when you build a foundation and a business built on this that's what makes people like connect to what they're doing and it feels like you're really doing something that's purposeful to you and you when things get really hard and tricky which they do in business let's be honest like we're not going to flow through this business creating building like with ease you know like it gets tricky and when we are building a business where we can identify our values and we can build a business on our values and on our superpowers it makes it so much easier and it makes those hard days easier and getting out of bed on a morning to do something that you hate, but you're going to get a paycheck at the end of the month can only last so long. So really getting people and like when I first started work, when I first started working with people, as you know, Helen, because you in the process <laughs> of going through this stage, I kind of strip people back and it's like, it's not necessarily of, I start working with somebody and go straight to strategy and action and get action taken and get things done and make people stop and just kind of like, right, let's strip everything back and let's find out what's going on under the hood. Like what is going on in there? Like what really means something to you? Like what energizes you? And let's build a business around that. Yeah. And that's, uh, I mean, like you say, I've, I've just started working with you and it was really interesting that all those things like the values that, I was like, yeah, yeah, I came up with mine last year. And then working with you, and then I was like, oh, actually, even within a year, my values have changed massively because I've changed direction a bit. And obviously I've discovered that I love writing books and things like that and all yeah. these different things that have given me such a new fire this year, like the podcast, mm -hmm. actually, yeah. that you also have to reflect on this often, don't you? And I think that's yeah. the thing that we forget, that you're like, yeah, done that job done tick values yeah. they're there they're on my website but actually they will change as you will and and I think how do you and I think another thing is how do you incorporate that into your daily business those values because I think I've worked with people as well and funny enough I was having this chat with 
Louise Shanahan as well. We did a LinkedIn Live a couple of weeks ago and she said, we're not going to work with you. Yeah, I'd worked on my values. And a bit like what you just said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd kind of tick, tick that off. She's like, but when I started working with you, it's like, right, well, okay, great, we've got them. How are we going to make that reflect your business? Because it's not just about sticking them on your website. It's about how do I live and breathe these? Like, how, how am I communicating this? How am I, how am I aligning my processes to these? Like, how am I making sure? Because if we saw clear on how we operate it, when we start to feel misaligned, like you said, like you, you now have discovered that you love writing and the podcast and all this stuff's giving you energy, there'll be some kind of intrinsic value going on that you get fulfilled but whereas if in a year, if you hadn't really identified that in a year's time when you thought oh, I'm too busy for this podcast now I'm going to pack it up and then off you go doing something else it's like there's some value that you are not meeting or you're not fulfilling now and it's understanding it's taken it's given you opportunity to step back and go oh right I understand what I need I understand why I'm feeling out of kilter because this really energizes me doing this piece of work or working with this kind of people or doing this kind of task. It really energizes me. But unless you actually understand the impact of those values and kind of bring them, like kind of pull on threads to bring them into your business every day, it's difficult to identify when and what it is that doesn't feel good. Yeah. And I think there's, there's something there around letting go of things as well, isn't there? Like just because mm. you've always wrote your newsletter doesn't mean you have to carry on or yeah. yeah like you say, a podcast, whatever. It's th- there'll probably be something in your business yeah. that you're doing that actually every week when you write it or something, you're thinking like, Oh God, I have to do this again. It, or, it drains me with energy. Sign. Yeah. yeah. That so is a that, sign. And that's why I stopped my unlikely genius newsletter just before Christmas, yeah. because obviously I've now got my falling off the ladder one and I'm much more energized to write about mindset and, and all of that stuff. And, you know, that stuff isn't bringing me in business yet, but I'm establishing yeah. a future towards the stuff that I know does light me up. And mm-hmm. there was that real thing of, Oh my God, I've already changed my direction so many times in career and business and that, can I do it again? But actually <laughs> someone said to me, you know, this is just the next stepping stone. It this is, is not yeah. you abandoning things altogether. And I was like, all right. Yeah, it's growing you're growing you're you're growing aren't you you are you are developing and growing as a person and you taking people on that journey with you which you are like everyone has like the whole book and podcast piece people have followed you on that journey and you're taking people with you it's not as if you cutting people off and completely disappearing and off to do something else like you are growing and evolving as a person but equally as a business and yeah just because we thought something was the right way for us at one moment in time, why do we feel the need to hold ourselves to that account forever, even if it's making us miserable? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. And at the, at the end of the day, this is why we've got into business on our own, isn't it? So you yeah. can do the things you want to do and Absolutely. you can be in control. <laughs> but then when the control thing rears its head, you go, oh, no, I don't want to. Somebody else make the decision. <laughs> where's the boss where's the boss yeah. oh it's me yeah no it's the rabbits in our house but yeah that's true don't Five get much response though yeah yeah what should I do I don't know but yeah so I mean and that tied into one of the other things I was going to ask you about this zone of genius thing because that's quite an empowering thing isn't it to find this zone of genius where you belong and where you find your voice so can you tell us more about that concept and how it, you can help use it in your business really that's obviously a concept penned by 
Gay Hendricks from the book yeah. The Big Leap. And um, that's all around that whole concept is finding a place where you're doing something that is where your passions and your talent, talents combined. And it's uh, it's where you're feeling flow. And it's a time that where you lose the track of time when you're doing it, like you're totally involved in it. You love it. Like it comes easy. It comes natural. It's something that just feels good. Like you, we all know that feeling, don't we? Of like, oh, I could do this forever. Like, I wish I could do this every day. And it's like, but that that aligns into the whole values piece because that kind of stems, that all kind of comes into what are, who are we naturally and what do we want naturally? Like, and how can we create a business where we feel more of that, where we operate more from our zone of genius rather than any of the other zones like I think there's a zone of competence, zone of excellence. And whilst we dip in and out of these different zones throughout our business, and it's about creating a business where we put more, where we create more opportunities to have projects and people and clients where we feel that we are in our zone of genius and we have, we feel more energized. And it's about being intentional about how we fill our time. And if we can identify those natural innate pieces and projects and people that really energize us and we feel in flow and we feel like I don't want to use the word but passionate about it (laughs) like it makes it makes the business feel just a lot easier like getting up and doing stuff like this like like this is bits of my business that I genuinely love and it's like right like as you know on LinkedIn the other day I'm like right Matt I'm making it my mission to just fill it with things that I just genuinely love and that I find really fun and it's just being intentional about identifying what it is and then bringing it into your business and I think a huge piece of it is permission to fill your time with things you feel good because I think we sometimes because things especially if you come from corporate you kind of almost have this feeling of like business can't be fun business can't be can't be exciting business can't feel good it's got to feel hard and that is absolute garbage it does if you want it to you know like of course but like you've just said we the boss like you're the boss like if you want it to be fun go and do the fun stuff like don't get us wrong it can't be I understand that running a business that are hard bits but where we can make it fun and work in line with our values and work in our zone of genius like why not like why not you know yeah and that that is a big, big word that was firing in my head the permission thing because you permission. you do get so used in corporate to you know you have to ask permission to go yeah. for your lunch early or yeah. to go to the loo sometimes or to you know I mean, yeah. for what you wear what you say what you do yeah. all these things that are controlled and you know that's one of the reasons why I wrote the book because I could constantly sell these people in the freelance community kind of struggling to shake that off and yeah. to embrace the fact that you are mm-hmm. your boss now and yeah. I mean once you do oh, hallelujah it's it. amazing <laughs> <laughs> it's it, that's just like it's a level of freedom that you've been looking for isn't it but it's almost like you don't deserve it and a lot of things that my clients come up that I talk to my clients around is that um it's that they, they don't it's so much harder for other people why should it be so easy for them so they found where they found their business their freelance business that they love doing and it really energizes them and they've been really intentional about creating that business and like they love it they almost feel guilty for it being so easy because 
they, they see other freelancers really struggling, like undercharging, not knowing their worth or not allowing themselves to work in areas that they really enjoy because of one reason or the other. Whereas they've had the courage to kind of create that business and they've been really intentional about it and they've found their zone of genius and they've aligned with their values and they've really built a business around it. And it feels really good to them that they virtually feel guilty for that because it should they think it should feel hard, which is what we've kind of been brought up with, isn't it? Like you work hard for your money, you know, yeah. being successful isn't easy. It's hard work. and Yeah, that you have to sacrifice something on the way. You can't yeah. have it all. You can't. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's something that I've had to kind of shake off this year, particularly around mm. pricing and all of that. When you've come from a, yeah. a place where people didn't see your value and told you you weren't of value and things, you take that mm. forward. And that takes a long time to move past that. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And that's why I'm doing quite a lot around money man- mindset at the moment, because I think it yeah. is such a big topic for us all, yeah. especially women, I think, really undervalue themselves. You really see it a lot. with, Yeah, massively like everything. And I, I know people are incredibly passionate about, you know, like the gender pay gap and it isn't mm. just the pay gap it's like everything like women that in, don't invest as much as men they don't have as many, much pension set pot set aside as men like it's every money everywhere that everything relating to money where women are involved there is a gap and we don't feel like we can charge as much we don't feel like we, we we're not confident as confident with money and it's a huge huge thing and I think mm definitely in the freelancing world because pretty much we get to make our own prices up and that's yeah. like you know like we get to charge what we want to get what we feel like we want to charge which which works as a bonus and also as a setback because if you have got that money hang-ups you're always going to be undercharging yeah absolutely and and Denise Duffield Thomas talks about it really well. I was listening to her audiobook last week. I'm obviously on an audiobook binge at the moment, but um, yeah, and she, she was talking about like where women give their power away. Like she was in a meeting with a finance guy and took husband and was about to leave the room to look after to sort the baby and leave her husband to do the chat. She was like, hang on a minute, this is my money. You yeah. take the baby. And I was like, yeah, yeah exactly. This is yeah. the thing of. Yeah. But I think the generation before us, it was often the men that did it, wasn't it? And now it's, you know, it is. You, you can have separate bank accounts and look after your own money and spend what you want and yeah it it's... is and from from my perspective it's it, it is a changing world and I think there's a long way to go and I've always been the significant earner in our house like right. and it always has been that way and don't get me wrong my husband has an incredibly good job it's just that I've always I'm I'm much more driven he's much more from a he's a musician and he just loves what he does and he's amazing at it and that's how he gets his fulfillment whereas my fulfillment's always been in business and being successful and climbing that ladder or growing my business whatever that is and that's what my natural interests are and where my natural passion is so we've always had a very unusual balance in the money aspect compared to all of our friends and it does it does make for interesting conversation around the table at a dinner party (laughs) yeah (laughs) because yeah and I'm really I'm really open and I'm really comfortable I'm really confident in it as a woman being in that position but it's the rest of society that haven't quite caught up with that yet 
yeah definitely and I'm, I, I mean we we it's interesting dynamic for us because I wasn't the significant and now we've switched and ah. I don't think there's that big a difference but because Graham's quite traditional and old-fashioned as well I think it's sometimes I do wonder if it it just yeah. niggles a little bit and stuff but um you know and he's very of the we pay absolutely equal for everything and, and so I just spent a lot of money on myself you know I mean oh <laughs> I don't and the rabbits obviously but yeah um, yeah but no it, it is a really I think it's a difficult dynamic for for a lot of people oh. isn't it to then suddenly switch and to become the significant earner from being the one that was always struggling and yeah. or just about you know just about level with the money to now be like oh god I've got this extra yeah. money I, I mean I did go a bit wild especially on buying courses and things <laughs> in the first two years that I've not you done deserved obviously. It. you deserved it treat yourself you deserve <laughs> yeah. it they're still sat there waiting but yeah it's it, 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 it is it's a difficult conversation and and I think it do you know I've actually like I said I'm gonna have, I'm gonna record a podcast on this topic because I think <laughs> It's like it's on, it's on my list to do, and it's because I think re- growing a business has more. It impacts more than just the person who the who the founder is, and I think it it crosses the boundaries of kind of traditions and beliefs and like people's personal beliefs and also people's unconscious biases that they don't know they had and things like. I think it impacts like families, husbands, children, like it impacts a lot of people. And I think as your business grows and things change, you might not have realized that that's going to change the relationship that you have with certain people, whether that's around money, whether that's around your availability and boundaries or how you operate as a business owner. You know, I think there's just a huge amount of unconsidered impact on this on people and I think money is a massive a massive part of that and when you talk about you went from being not the main earner to the main earner like that's like from a business perspective I'm like yeah brilliant Helen that's awesome when we start thinking about the mindset that is going to have some impact on the people that are directly around you most importantly probably is your husband and that's not been disrespectful to him or derogatory to him it's just a change and with that comes mindset shifts and challenges and issues and difficult conversations doesn't it yeah and just yeah just being careful of what you say and how you do then you know show that money or but I think people make a lot of presumptions as well because one of the difficult ones is people like like say like friends and stuff who see you then going oh my god you're doing this that and the other and I think people mm. make a presumption of like, a few people said to me, oh, you must be on six figures by now. I'm like, no, I'm blooming not. And I'm not aiming for that. Just because you see my mush on LinkedIn every day does not mean I'm a six figure entrepreneur or any of that palaver, you know? And I have to yeah. quite often grain people and go, no, and I don't want to be. I just, it's for me, I've started a business to be more happy and get the you know flexibility back in my life I needed and all those things yeah. not because I'm like right I'm gonna smash this money goal and I'm gonna it would be lovely yeah. but and that's all, and that, do you know like it's okay if you do have that money yeah. goal like that's totally fine yeah, yeah but it comes it comes from that thing of what that place that we were talking about of you're not doing it for the money and it's not about the money like I truly believe that if you create a business that makes you happy the money will flow and the money will follow because you're showing up in a different way. You're showing up when things get hard. You've got to be consistent. You're going to be more resilient because you really love this 
lifestyle and business that you're creating versus showing up for the paycheck. And I think so many people are so, uh, this whole thing at the minute, it's, there's always a, a number out in the social domain of like, you've got to be a six figure, seven figure, you've got to hit 10K months, 20K months. And like, sometimes we just need to take a step back and go, well, okay, that's fine if you want to get there, but what's the purpose to getting there? Because if getting there means you have to work six days a week, 12 hours a day, you have to put yourself out on social media, but you actually, you want to work, what really means something to you is working four days a week. What really means something to you is being able to operate your business with support of maybe a year, so you only do certain aspects. What really means something to you is being able to take your kids to school and you only work between nine and three. Like, where's the compromise? Because sometimes what people don't see is behind those figures, is a sacrifice of what you really truly want and whilst you can definitely have both to get there it does take some sacrifice and you've got to be aware of what that is whereas I think people are just the thing is people this is the whole like marketing piece isn't it people are selling that dream aren't they people are going come and work with me and I'll get you to six figures in six weeks or whatever bullshit's going on you know yes (laughs) Yeah, and that's a big change I've made in my business in the last year because I was working five uh, five days a week on my learning design and then doing Be The Future on top of that, then writing the book on top of that. And I was working Mm. stupid amount of hours. And yes, I was earning an amazing wage. I had a fantastic income for the first three years. And then I wrote the book, tried to go back to my learning design work and went, oh, and I was really Mm. deflated because I loved doing the book so much and all the stuff that's come off the back of that that I was not fulfilled anymore and I was not energized to do that work. So I've actually dropped the learning work to three days. Mm. And now I have two pretty much unpaid days where I train as a coach and where I do the Be The Future stuff and I sort this podcast out. So I've had a massive drop in income, but I'm so much happier and less stressed. And that's the balance for me. Yeah, I could carry on doing five days of that other stuff, but it's not firing me up at the moment. And it might do again at some point, might just be because of the projects I've been working on which probably is a big factor but yeah and I've got the power to do that I I can now control that and you know what it made me put my prices up as well (laughs) to balance some of it out absolutely but equally you you, you're going through an incredibly you're transitioning at the moment aren't you like Mm. you've gone through a, a, a motion of transition at the minute in your business and what you're doing is you're allowing yourself that you 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 put the seeds in place and stones in place so you can create a business where you're doing what you love five days a week not just two days a week but you're creating that balance and it that's just you can't just get out of bed one morning and go right I'm only going to do this because this is the only thing that makes me happy there's got to be a plan there's got to be a transition you've got to be realistic with it whilst you're creating your dream you've got to pay the bills haven't you yeah, and this is the first time I've ever actually planned anything. So yeah, I've all winged it until now. And now I'm like, no, I need to actually, you know, think, plan, think before I jump in, you know. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's absolutely true. And how's so, that working out for you? Good so far. I mean, obviously there's the, there's the bits where it like doesn't go to plan and I end up working on a Friday on client work or whatever. But then I try to take that back on like a Monday and yeah. do other stuff then. Yeah. So I'm still doing a lot of hours, but because it's stuff that I'm loving doing, yeah, it doesn't feel like work a lot of the yeah. time. So yeah. yeah, yeah, it's good. 
that's good good right so i think we're coming up to <laughs> we've been nattering for quite a while we are, <laughs> well we could carry on for hours i think i know we, but, I know. um yeah so i'll ask you the uh quick fire and questions see oh, how we go with this so in the spirit of the self-employed community being amazing support to each other name a freelancer our listeners should connect with or follow um can i say two yeah of course you can <laughs> and i feel like i've been a little bit biased because i've worked with these people but i genuinely love them and i think they're amazing so one of them is sophie cross who yes. i think is creating the most amazing community over at the freelance magazine um i just think everything that sophie's working on just energizes me and it's just so exciting and fun that i think people definitely should go and check sophie out and the other person is Louise Shanahan, because I think because Louise is um, a copywriter, but she also run she also has a podcast called The 15 Minute Freelancer, which I think is really, really good. So go and check yeah. it out if you're not already listening to that. Yeah, they're both absolute stars of the, the freelance world, I think. And yeah, yeah I mean, a few, quite a few have obviously shouted out Sophie because she is just you know the what she yeah. has done in the last two years is so inspiring it's ridiculous it's you know yeah um but yeah louise definitely she's yeah. she's doing some great stuff and she gave me a shout out when the oh, when, did was it? when the book came out yeah oh yeah she's like they're both lovely and i've had star. the privilege of, of working with both of them and being on the inside of their business and honestly like yeah oh this is what it's about like for it's me driven. working with people like that is what energizes me you know and the like, fact that they're both so humble yes. there is not an ounce of yes. arrogance or yeah. anything to them is yeah. there so yeah no. that's what i like about people as well so name a resource that you find really helpful it can be a book a podcast a community whatever it might be from for my uh i really struggle with this because i'm part of lots of different communities and things and i think <laughs> yeah. the and i read loads of books and this loads of podcasts and i think the main one and i think that i go back to there's, there's two main ones and one of them is carrie green and the female entrepreneur and her book and she's got a huge membership and i'm also part of lisa johnson's membership but lisa's known for passive income but her membership isn't and it's a place where i find that i can go and connect with like-minded business owners not clients i go in there when i'm struggling and i can yeah. go as it can anyone help me with this and so those two places those two people kind of have communities that i enjoy dipping in and out of and for support but absolutely um just being part of a community for me is a great resource yeah oh definitely so helpful isn't it yeah i don't I don't know those two actually i'll have to check them out so lastly finally whatever this lastly a word yeah it is uh, i'll get you to pick a number and you will be asked oh. a question on the spot which is quite likely to be nonsense but it's between <laughs> one and 19 <laughs> number oh that's a wide range uh seven. Oh, if you won the lottery what would you do with the money oh i would i would a couple of things I would invest it. I would still work, but I would also use it to help um, fund. This is genuinely what I want to do in my business long term anyway. So if I had, if I won the lottery, I would just do it now. That um, fund business support in schools for like young females to um, help them learn about business and get into business and support them 
in a sustainable way to help themselves get out in areas where it might be they might be in an area of poverty or an area where there isn't a huge amount of support so to help school age girls um, improve their knowledge and get into business like wow. a, a foundation that's that's amazing I mean, the comparison between you saying that and me thinking, I'll start a sloth sanctuary. <laughs> There's a need for both, Helen. There's a need for both. Do I go for bunnies, sloths or orangutans? <laughs> sloths are very cute. They're amazing. Although I was quite gutted because me and Graham were talking last night about what we're going to do for our 40th. We decided on a big trip. Um, oh. and Costa Rica was one of the options to go to the sl- sloth sanctuary and I really want to oh. like play with them but apparently you can give them a heart attack if they don't know you they're so scared oh of you that goodness. they'll have it because they have a tachycardia tachycardia or whatever it is and they, I was oh. like no way <laughs> so that cut that that's one out because I can't, that's disappointing. can't them. <laughs> <laughs> that is disappointing because they are they, they are the cutest animal ever Amazing. I do love them I have they been are. scratched across the face by one before <laughs> that was my own fault don't tickle a sloth when it's asleep on a radiator you're lucky it didn't give a heart attack obviously hell yeah yeah them ones were already apparently quite hardy yeah god never mind right so where can listeners find you oh linkedin linkedin i have presence on the social media but it's where i enjoy communicating building networks getting involved in conversations is absolutely linkedin so hit me up there and is there anything else you want to tell us about anything you come in or um no not really i'm currently yeah i'm well you'll follow me on linkedin you'll find out everything that i've got going on (laughs) go and have a nosy yeah i'll I'll pop your link in the in the comments oh thank you oh that's been fabulous thank you so much thank you for having me i've really enjoyed it yeah (laughs) it's great and i'll not put out our pre-chat about matthew mcconaughey or maybe i will <laughs> i think people would enjoy it but i, I think they would and I'd, well in fact going back to the uh, resource to recommend just listen to his yes. book ladies yes. listen to his yes. audiobook green like oh, it has to be by the audio yeah yeah it was actually sophie that told me to listen to the audio because i got the book yes. she's like no she's like you need to get the audio but the book is incredible as well the design yes. of it and everything so yes. i say get both yeah, yeah. get both. yes just invest you can, you can also ogle over his picture on the front which is lovely <laughs> while you listen so. <laughs> That is the top resource from this conversation. Definitely. I'm adding that one in. Oh, brilliant. (laughs) Thanks ever so much, Alan. Thank you. Take care. I hope you've enjoyed this episode and we'll come back for more. Please do leave a review on your platform of choice and hit subscribe to be notified when the next episodes are available. And sign up to the Last Rung newsletter over at fallingoffladder.com for more tips, inspiration and chats with those who have been there and tested the waters for you. If there's anyone in particular you'd like to hear on this podcast or topics discussed, do let me know and I'll see what I can do. Until next time, have a good week.